Welcome to Hall's House, where Habitat ABQ takes time to talk about what community means right here in the greater Albuquerque area. Come on in. Here is your host for our podcast, Ryan P. Freeman. And welcome back to Hall's House. I'm your host, Ryan P. Freeman. And today we have Maggie Werner Washburn. And it is wonderful to have you on, Maggie. Tell us a little bit about how you're connected to Habitat for Humanity Albuquerque. Uh, I think it's primarily that I'm a donor. <laughs> but, you know, I have known about Habitat for a long time, and I'm a big fan of Jimmy and Rosalind Carter's and went to a great thing he had in uh, Atlanta, Georgia a few years ago, and I just got more and more interested about what Habitat was doing. I feel like wherever I go, people are always like, you mentioned Habitat, and they're like, oh yeah, you know, big smile on their face. And, and so can you even remember the first time that you heard about Habitat or, or maybe whatever it was that wanted to have you, you know, start getting involved? My mother was quite an activist. Her family was from Mexico, and uh, we grew up in a little town on the Mississippi, and uh, the whole town knew that the person of last resort was my mother. So I grew up with 28 foster brothers and sisters off and on, you know, anybody who didn't have a place to stay. And, you know, she would even get houses for people that needed a place to live. And so it just is part of the way I grew up. So one of the things that I've, I've noticed again and again is we talk about all the time and Habitat and on the podcast, but the importance of having a home. I know, and we, most people can't can't see Maggie's reaction, but but what was it like growing up and knowing that you had a home? Well, I knew people who didn't have homes too. Yeah. I grew up with four foster brothers. We had a little Mexican village in my town because uh, my family, mom's family, came up during the revolution, but the others were there working on the railway. And, uh, you know, we would take stuff down all the time and we'd see people in houses, it'd be 20, to, 20 below zero and the windows were broken. There was no running water, stuff frozen on the table, little kids hiding under piles of donated clothes that didn't fit. I, I saw that. Then I also saw my mom uh, was involved with the migrant workers because, you know, along the Mississippi, all the people were coming up to pick strawberries and tomatoes and everything. And I saw the shacks that they had to live in. It was awful. And, you know, back then, I would say when I was growing up, we didn't have a lot of homeless. I don't think that the homeless epidemic really started to hit until Reagan was president when he decided that people in mental institutions were better off on the streets. And I think that started, I mean, we had hobos, but, you know, they were people moving around on the trains for work, but we didn't have so many people that were absolutely homeless. I mean, it's not the same, but having a home, having a place, especially what I love about Habitat is that people put their own time and effort into helping build the house. And it's important not to just give people stuff. You know, when you just give things, it's not worth as much as if people actually work for it. So I've been a professor at the university and I'm retired now and I'm helping people come back and get, you know, really high-tech jobs. What I found was that you have to be partners with people in order to really be successful because they have to know it in themselves that they're capable of of something. And in this case with Habitat, capable of actually building a house, you know, figuring out how to put the plumbing and the electricity and the, you know, all the stuff in it. I mean, once you know how it's done, you can fix it. 
you know, so it becomes much more of uh, you and part of your family. And there's a pride in having a house. Like in our Mexican village in my hometown, the houses were really shacks, but they were people's homes. That was, you know, so when people tried to disrupt neighborhoods by building highways through it during this whole period of urban renewal, and it happened here in um, in Albuquerque too, whether a house was a, a big fancy place or a little tiny shack, you know, disrupting the neighborhood made a huge difference to the community. And uh, people wanted to stay in their community with their neighbors. And so I think it's great. And I think Habitat for Humanity has probably built almost a million homes now since it started. You I think know, it's a million homes now, yeah. You have built a million homes? I think so. Isn't that incredible? You've Just about a few years ago, you guys had had impacts on well over 13 million people. These are kids who are going to have places to go where they can study when it's quiet. I mean, I really thought that there should be almost a Bill of Rights for children so that they get food and they have a safe place to be and, and they have light where they can read you know, simple things. And Habitat does that. It's, it's really awesome. I'm, again, I'm, I'm relatively new to Habitat, but it's, it's literally wherever I go, whether it's the homeowners or the donors or the people working or whatever, this is something important, you know, like mm-hmm. saying before, people need home. They need a place that's theirs and the pride of ownership comes a safe place, you know, especially, you know, with this recent pandemic, people, you know, don't have a home to go to. How are you supposed to stay safe? And, you know, as a former homeowner myself, I get it. And, and like you mentioned before, you know, when you learn, oh, that's how that works. And that's why that's there. Uh, when it comes to, you know, how you technically construct a house, Man, I can't imagine if I were one of the people helping to actually build it from the ground up. I would know blood, sweat, and tears where this goes, why that is, the idea that it's mine. Yeah. And a real pride and ownership that you get. And so, yeah, yeah, the the pandemic just increased the disparity between the rich and the poor. And what was so hard was when there was lockdown. For me, what was hard was not knowing who needed help. All we could do is give to the food banks, give to Habitat, give, give, give as much as we could. There's something in me that really wants to just talk to people and really figure out what each one of them is going through. So that's really important. But the disparity between, you know, the people who could lock down, didn't have to worry about food, and the people who had food insecurity and had no place to be. There, there's, you know, when you get lost in the woods, for example, one of the first things they say to do is to build a fire. And what do we think about when we have a fire? We think of home, right? I mean, we have a wood stove <laughs> and that's, it, it centers you and it gives you a chance to begin to organize yourself. So I think that's part of what, and there's pride in, in having a home. The fact that Habitat not only helps build these houses, so many houses, but then gives people an interest-free 30-year mortgage so that they really have a chance to pay for that house. There shouldn't be any complaints about how they do that. It is, it's a beautiful interaction, a reciprocal interaction where everybody benefits. It's fantastic. And I noticed actually uh, in the Santa Fe, New Mexican recently, that Habitat was asking to find land. Uh, So I know Habitat needs land and it could be donations and there are ways to to really benefit from those donations or they can buy land. But, you know, right now when you're looking at what's happening to the housing market in Santa Fe and Albuquerque and I think even Taos, it's extremely important that people really 
uh, put Habitat for Humanity right at the top of uh, what they're thinking about. Because the thing is that where does our art and our culture and our traditions, where do they come from? They don't come from um, remote workers. I mean, it's really coming from communities and homes and families and people who belong in New Mexico. And so as we're really scaling up and doing all this stuff, uh, we have to remember that we're going to lose too much, much more than we can even imagine if we don't make sure that the people who need homes among us have homes. And that's what Habitat does in such an innovative way. I mean, it's, it's so creative and beneficial to everybody. When I've been blown away, you know, the more I spend time working with the organization, that it's not just who can apply and, you know, they can put in their sweat equity. We literally craft a loan so that it is yeah. sustainable and affordable. Like we pick out areas of town that have a lower housing tax. This is really thought out. Like this is incredible. And I feel like before I, I joined, like, yeah, I, I feel like just about everybody has a vague idea of what Habitat for Humanity does, but they have it down to like science, you know, and it's just incredible to see it executed, not just, you know, in one or two places but globally. It's, in, it's incredible. But I would think actually that Habitat for Humanity houses would be a way to go to really diversify neighborhoods. You know, the redlining that happened where all our, the Mexicans lived in one place and, you yeah. know, everybody got and anyway, so so I think Habitat for Humanity, because of the kind of relationship that they build between Habitat, the homes, and the families, they're the kinds of families and homes that anybody would want in their neighborhood. I swear, yeah. you know. So I I just think there ought to be ways to ways to do that. And what I think maybe a lot of people may not know about is Restore. What a place that is, you know, you never know what you're going to find, but it's great. Well, and especially as a, as a homeowner, if I need something, it, one, it's fun. And, and I feel like that's not to be undervalued because anybody can go to a store and, you know, get whatever. But, but to go to a place that's fun, really, like you said, you never know what's going to be there. Um, <laughs> No, and that's that's great because, like, for me, I try to be creative. I try to get, you know, fresh ideas for what I want to put in my house or whatever. And so it's all there. But also, I know that it's not just a business making money. It, it, it's literally right. going back to the community, you know. I, oh, I don't that's just right. community in large. I mean, like, this community, like, where I live. One of the biggest things I've learned during this pandemic is a rising tide lifts all boats. You hope. You hope. Yeah. There's a lot of yeah, people you hope. Who think you hope. rising tides ought to just lift yachts. <laughs> no offense. I no, know no, no. some of those people, but you're right. And so it's this reciprocal relationship. What people ought to know about Restore is it's not just lumber and that sort of stuff. There's mm -hmm. furniture there. There's all sorts of things. But it's a wonderful place to recycle usable materials. You yeah. know, So if you're thinking about getting rid of something and you don't want to deal with too much or if you're just if you're a builder for instance and want yeah. to just donate your excess building materials you do it creates this flow within the yeah. community within albuquerque and we all need to work together but it is the protocol the the method that habitat uses for people getting their own homes where they are working and invested in that home and helped to learn how to actually they gain skills yeah, well, they're getting a home, you know, it's the best and, of all possible worlds. It's so practical. It's like, why weren't people doing this before? <laughs> yeah, it's, it really ought to be a model for a lot of things that we do in this, uh, the general area of, um, yeah. you know, health and welfare. Definitely. So uh, we are coming up now at about our halfway point. 
So we will take a quick break here, and then we will be right back. Since 1991, women of all walks of life have come together to build over 1,600 homes for low-income families in the United States in a Habitat for Humanity project called Women Build. While Women Build is open to all people, regardless of their gender or gender identity, the foundation of the campaign is the knowledge that when women come together, we have the power to change the world. Please join us for our next volunteer opportunity happening July 7th through the 10th. To volunteer or to learn more, please visit habitatabq.org slash womenbuild2021. Hello, friends. I'm Jackie Jean, and I make a really fun podcast about superstitions. I know, I know, you're thinking black cats and walking on their ladders, but this is a little different. I don't talk about anything that causes bad luck. I only talk about the things that make us lucky. It's an edutaining look at lucky symbols and omens that your kids will love, too. Lucky Charms Unplugged is all about bringing luck into our lives. Having a bad day? A bad week? Come by, and I'll tell you all about how you can get lucky. And we're back. And uh, today we have our first donor guest on, Maggie Washburn. And Maggie, uh, maybe for people who, who, who don't know, I, I, I was told by uh, uh, Bree, a uh, coworker <laughs> of mine, that you have your own endeavors going on too. And I'd love to hear just a little bit about what you do um, on the side or however you want to say it. Well, I came to New Mexico. My path to here and to being a scientist is really a long one. Um, but I came to New Mexico uh, because I fell in love with the students. My mother was from Mexico, and I was really missing hearing Spanish. And when I saw the students, I just said, this is it. I got to be here. So I ran a, a big lab, and I've worked at NIH and NSF and that sort of thing. But towards the, about the middle half of my career, I took over a, a pre-PhD program. And um, so I was really always interested in helping to diversify the sciences. So the pre-PhD program was great. And I helped probably for all the years I was at UNM, I would say at least 600, maybe more students at UNM to either get jobs right out of school or go off and get advanced degrees in wherever they wanted to go, whether it was Harvard or Stanford or wherever. And what I realized was sort of towards the end of that program, realizing that I had inadvertently contributed to the brain drain in New Mexico because all these people went out and their jobs in Boston and the Bay Area and San Diego and Seattle. And that I, I just felt terribly guilty because my goal was to really have all the companies in New Mexico have someone or more someones in their upper level management who knew about New Mexico, who understood New Mexico, who had networks here in all the different, you know, cultures and traditions that we have. So I found out that my former students actually wanted to come back here because their families are here and they were getting ready to have their own family. So what I did was went out and met all the businesses and, and different uh, industrial organizations like uh, New Space New Mexico and NM Biotech or NM Bio and and the tech council and various people. And we started helping these young people get their resumes together and to meet companies for, for positions. So that's called STEM Boomerang. And um, we're still working on it. And it's, uh, you know, it's a really good thing. I think that we need to have for all the areas that are flyover states. So you and I were briefly talking about Illinois and Iowa before this, and, and they're also flyover states. And so I think there's a, a need in the United States to really begin to balance out, you know, where the economic growth is. And 
to bring people from New Mexico back or to have them stay. I, I want them to travel and go out and see the world. It's not like, oh, I just want to put you in jail here. When they come back and they're happy and their families are here and they're, they're more creative and the retention is not a problem for the companies and they're more innovative. And so I, and plus then when the companies are making decisions about how to grow, they'll be sensitive to what is needed and what is wanted here by all the cultures of New Mexico. We won't leave anybody out. That's what I'm my goal is. That's awesome. People who are listening that want to learn more, is there a way that they can find out about that? Sure. They can go to um, www.stemboomerang, all small letters, dot org. And that's where the information is. Or they can write me at maggiewmaggiewww at stemboomerang.org. So I'm happy to answer any questions. Something that I love asking people is, is similar to a question that I asked people on my other podcast, What's Up ABQ, uh, where we talked to a lot of creatives and, and business owners and whatnot. How did they go from someone had maybe a, a good idea or a good notion or that's something I always wanted to do or whatever from thinking about it to doing something about it? Can, can you think, what was it for you that went from, you know, Habitat's great to I want to get more involved? Well, Bree kept calling me. So what happened was I started giving I started giving fifty dollars a month or something like that. And then you guys changed your accounting system and so it threw my card out. Ah. So then Bree kept calling me and so I was like, Okay. And we actually kind of got to be friends. So I would say the thing that works in New Mexico are personal connections. That's the way New Mexico works. I love it. It's the best. I mean, somebody would call it an old boys network. Yes. It can be that way if it's exclusive. But hopefully our networks are really wide open. But anyway, we started talking about things. She goes, oh, I think you should probably do this. I think you can probably do that. You know, and then, oh, your card didn't, you know, anyway, so we got into that. And that's how I sort of made sure that it was happening regularly. And plus, I, I'm very concerned. I mean, I think the homeless population is probably quite diverse, that there's more than the numbers of reasons people are homeless than we can think about, because that's always what I found in science was the closer you looked at something, the more complex it was and the more interesting it was, actually. And so, you know, Habitat really helps those people who need their own homes. I had a former student who I dearly, dearly loved, and she had four kids, and she never owned her own home, and she really wanted to be a doctor, and she worked and worked anyway. She got breast cancer and passed away. The boys were in high school. They all went to different families. She would be so proud of them today, but for her, if she'd had a home like Habitat provides, I think that she might still be with us today. And so it was, you know, you think about that and you think about these single parents or, or families that I know, you know, I don't really know the people that uh, I hear others sort of disparage, you know, about getting food stamps and stuff. I've been on food stamps myself, so I know how valuable it is. And so I, I think if you really get down and meet people, I'm sure there's like people on the edges, but the core of people that I ever meet, whatever socioeconomic status they are, are really good people here in New Mexico. Um, and so that's why I think it's uh, really important. So anyway, it was good. Bree and I got to be sort of friends and, you know, Habitat has been familiar. And oh my gosh, when I went, so uh, Jimmy Carter and his group was having, and it wasn't Habitat, it was another group he's part of, Baptist group, uh, having a meeting in Atlanta. And it was on race relations in the South. And I lo wanted to hear about that. 
So I got a friend of mine who's a good friend of Jimmy Carter's and worked with him when Carter was president to somehow let me get into this thing. So I went and uh, I had no idea it was going to be like 400 Baptist ministers and myself. (laughs) It was so awesome. It was so awesome. I had such a good time, you know. And I learned so much. I learned so much about how people don't get a chance to talk to each other. And, you know, Sunday is the most segregated day. But one of the guys stood up. He said, never forget. You can only see from where you're standing. And the thing I like about Habitat is that they stand really close to the challenges. You know, they stand really close to the people who, if they get a home, it's the beginning of of a tremendous transformation for the family. So plus hammers and nails and carpenters and all, how can you not love it? (laughs) So maybe somebody that's listening right now, they're kind of in that, I know about habitat sort of kind of zone. What would you tell them to encourage them to get involved, whether it's habitat, whether it's just somehow meeting people more in their community, taking that, I want to help to I'm helping. Well, the cool thing about habitat that I see is there's so many different ways to get involved. So if you have some money and you and you want to help the community, donate to Habitat. You can do it online. You don't even have to like say hi to anybody. You just give it to them. If you have stuff that you're interested in, you can donate to Restore. You can go volunteer in Restore. And if you volunteer in Restore, then you get 15% off your groceries at Montanita and maybe some other places. But it's just like there's all sorts of benefits that come from that. Plus, my sister volunteered at Restore, and she loved the people that she worked with. I mean, for goodness sakes, you're working with some of the best, kindest, most generous and intelligent people on earth that are helping with all this, okay? Then the next thing you can do, which I would, I've been afraid to even volunteer to think about, but, I, but I'd love to try it, is help them build a house. I mean, they have houses that are built only by women. I mean, I, I, don't, I, I, I actually, I'd be happy to work in a mix building yeah. environment. I bet that's an incredible community. I mean, I just can't even imagine what lunchtime is like when you're doing this, right? So right now, as we're coming out of a pandemic, and people can't remember how to talk to each other offline, you know, just face to face. And and you're sitting there going, I wonder if I should write to next door and see if anybody wants a new friend, because I'd like a new friend. Habitat, Restore, all of it is a is just a tremendous vehicle. I mean, it's a win. It seems like it's got, it's a win for everybody involved. Stem Boomerang's like that. It's a win for everybody who's involved. And so you hit this like magic bot, you know, anyway. Wonderful. And and, and it's true. I, I've i seen people, you know, I've just started to, because I came, came at a weird time in the middle of the pandemic, but it's amazing to see as things slowly open back up, how people are jumping on wanting to help. You know, you think that you know, charities like Habitat would be really hurting during the pandemic and everything. We've had the most the most generosity shown during that time and continuing. And it's amazing to see people rallying around something that we all see as essential, as vital. Yeah. Yeah. We work at the food bank up in Cuba. Yeah. We have a little farm up there, you know, and the, during the pandemic, the, the food insecurity was just unreal. And um, so, yeah, it was, it was great to see everybody kind of taking risks in a way by working together, but you know, getting these jobs done, it, it is wonderful. And now, actually, Habitat can be a vehicle for starting to socialize again. 
and yeah. meeting meeting new people that are quite nice. I mean, the Cuba Food Bank, my gosh, the people are incredible people. And everywhere you go where this kind of activity is happening, I think you meet uh, you meet people that are so interesting to talk to and find out about their lives. Definitely. Well, we're coming up near the end of our show. Uh, so I want to, first of all, thank you so much for coming on, Maggie. It's been wonderful to hear your perspective and your insight with being involved with Habitat, a little bit of your, your backstory. Thank you. I, Ryan, I'm, I'm sorry we ran out of things to talk about. I mean, I hope we could just play some music or something. <laughs> no, no, no. I, I, I do have one last question for you. Oh, no. I, I'm never out of things to talk about. Don't, don't, don't think that. What is the biggest thing that you felt like you've been able to grow from as a human being by being involved with Habitat? It, it's really, it's probably just a connection with community. I mean, when, when you mention that, I think of wood. I think of, of being in Atlanta, and I was sitting next to the woman who ran the Habitat for Humanity for Atlanta, and she was talking about how Jimmy Carter at 91 was still on the roofs of houses working. And I think it's a place where you can stay young. I think it's a nurturing place for people from any socioeconomic status, you know, it, it's a, a grounding place. When I think of Habitat, I smell wood. I think that's really important. That's true. Whether you're going to restore or you're going to a build site, they're the first thing you smell. So. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to share today? No, I just hope that uh, people listening and, and that not only that, Get out the good gossip. That's one thing we don't do in New Mexico. So you've got to have some good gossip about Habitat for Humanity. And get out there and you can give money, go to Restore, just get to know it. And you can volunteer. And then, you know, Montanita is such a great place. I don't know what else you do in terms of the, of the benefits of Restore. But it, my sisters, it's been fun to watch all that. And then, you know, Help me out, Ryan. I'd like to figure I was out. Say, yeah, go into a building they, site, you know. They do pickup. I just want to say, restore this pickup. So you're like, oh my gosh, I have all this stuff, but I don't want to like haul it out. We have trucks. Please. No, I, I know. I know. <laughs> when I when I retired, I probably should have left the stuff. So every room in my area in at the UNM, I tried to put one sort of antique home things like i had a dining room table in my office and we had you know little buffets and things and i thought maybe the department wouldn't want them so i gave some of them to restore and anyway yes they came and got them it was very easy so there you go yeah and it's been really helpful you know we just downsized ourselves at, at my place so i had to go somewhere and i wanted to go <laughs> place, you know it was a win-win yeah so uh, ryan are you building are you have you been to a build site yet I have been to a build site yet. I've been to one twice. We just finished up a, a build site um, and we're about to go into a new one, which will have sustainable energy. Oh, how exciting. How exciting. Yeah. Great. And do you need land in the Albuquerque area? Or? Yes. Uh, we are definitely looking to to fill up our land bank again. If you or anybody you know uh, has land that you think would be a good fit for habitat or maybe you, you have land and you're like oh, i'm not sure or maybe you want to you know help with the process just get a hold of us we'd be happy yeah. to help answer questions because yeah. we're actively on the hunt for more land so we can continue to roll out and it's not one thing i learned that i want to share real quick it's not just houses we do neighborhoods yes. which is really cool because it's not just a house it's a whole community right and and habitat makes good neighbors People learn how to really contribute and put together and 
by the time they're done, if you need help with a carpenter or some kind of problem, I mean, they're there, you know, so. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for coming on today. Uh, it's yeah. been a pleasure talking. So, Chris, what are we going to talk about for season three of What's a Baby Q? Well, Ryan, you see that guy screaming on the bus? Find out on the show. Ooh, I love that guy. Or how about a real live alien? Ooh, that's cool. How about a dairy farmer? How about a talking chili? How about a fireman? Ooh, how about just two hours of beer pouring into a can? A statue. A streetcar. An art bus. <laughs> Several art buses. Catch What's Up Baby Q, a new episode every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and on most of your favorite podcatchers. Do you like food? I mean, like, really like food? I know I do. This is Matt, the fat guy behind the Fat Guy Eats podcast. I started this podcast because I love food, and that's what Fat Guy Eats is all about. Why we eat it, the artists that create and serve it, the politics and social practices surrounding it, and so much more. I'm going to talk with some great people along the way, and we'll probably enjoy some fantastic meals together, too. And don't forget to follow along on Instagram by following at FatGuyEatsNM. That's at FatGuyEatsNM. Habitat empowers through home ownership. Your ongoing monthly support will help housing insecurity today and far into the future. Join the movement. Make a long-term impact. Visit www.habitatabq.org slash heroes hyphen for hyphen humanity today.